situation, illumination, top of the class. Ooh, Missy Gloria. Each morning I get up, I'm down. Can barely stand on my feet. Take a look at yourself in the mirror. And what are you doing to me? I spent all my years believing you. I just can't get no relief. Yeah, I, I know. You listen. You know? Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. Yeah. You're great. That, that was great. Oh, baby, this is Come on, put your flippers in the air. just feel poor mumble can't they just let him join in don't you think um, even though it's it's not mumble's song it, it really is isn't it uh, it's that sense of won't you find me somebody to love it, more I, I think it's a case of you know won't you find somebody who will love me um, this this is really mumble's song one of, one of the reasons, of course, that Happy Feet worked so well as a movie is that it actually captures in the penguins what, what's going on for us. Um, won't you find somebody who will love me? Uh, this, the song we've seen just there is um, it's a cover. Uh, if you're old like me, then you'll remember the original. Uh, it was done by a band called Queen, lead singer uh, Freddie Mercury. Before Freddie died, uh, he said this, Success has brought me world idolisation and millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need, a loving, ongoing relationship. I've had a lot of lovers. I've tried relationships on either side, male and female, but all of them have gone wrong. Mumble wants to find somebody to love, love him, uh, and what Mumble says is really the cry of Freddie Mercury's heart. And it's the situation 
of this woman that we find in our Bible reading this morning? Who will meet her thirst for love? Uh, If you've got your Bibles open there, please, uh, page 1065. Uh, Tim's prayed for us, so I'll I'll keep going. Um, Jesus is travelling with his disciples. They're on their way back home, and they stop at a town for lunch. And Jesus meets this woman who's thirsty. She's come to the village well. Have a look there at uh, John 4, verse 4. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples go gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. It's the middle of the day. It's the hottest part of the day. And this woman has come to the well by herself. And she's surprised by Jesus' question. She's surprised because of two things. First of all, here is a Jew talking to a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans hated each other. It was that sort of religious racial divide that had gone back centuries. It, it just wasn't done. The second surprising thing is that here is Jesus, a man, talking to a woman. For, for Jewish men of that era, uh, they didn't talk to women in public, even their own wives. And so here is a woman who knows the sting of both racism and sexism. And yet Jesus cuts through that. Well, there's something more as well. Have a look there at verse 16, please. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband. Excuse me. For you've had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband what what you've said is true you imagine how she must have felt jesus has cut through the barriers of racism and sexism and now he brings up the word husband her heart must have sank all those failed relationships that sense of shame and guilt and pain. Uh, the, the bloke she's with now won't even marry her. He is the real thirst for the, of the woman. Won't somebody love me? Anybody? But she's found failure and disappointment. She's, she's thirsty, but she's found emptiness. And her reputation must have... Um, left her as an outcast. You know, the, the most sensible time of the day is to collect water is at the end of the day when it's cool and to, to go with a whole group of women from the village. But here she is in the middle of the day, alone, away from the gossip, away from the nasty looks. She's a failure with men and she's shunned by women. She's thirsty for love, but she is empty. I remember a number of years ago, a lady turned up at church. Uh, she was mid-twenties, attractive, already had 
good career on the go. Uh, but it became clear that she had a gaping hole in her heart. Uh, she, was, she was very upfront talking to her over morning tea. Uh, she'd had a boyfriend, uh, but he had not treated her well at all. And so she'd come to church. She said, I, I hear that there are blokes at church who are meant to be nice in the way they treat people. Maybe I might find somebody at church. Like this woman that Jesus met, like this lady who turned up at church, at some point we too may feel that sting of love gone wrong. At some point we may feel that pain of this doesn't, hasn't worked out, the disappointment that goes with it. We can feel that sense of thirstiness and end up just feeling empty. So here is this woman who is thirsty, thirsty for love, but who will give her a drink? Have a look there at verse 10, please. Jesus speaking, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you've no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Jesus' offer to her is, I can give you a drink. I'm offering you living water. Not, not the H2O that you normally have and a couple of hours later you're still thirsty because it's hot. Jesus is saying, I'm offering you water that wells up to eternal life, living water. So, so what's that mean? What's Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that the living water that he offers is life in connection with God. Cleansing all that gets in the way that stands between us and God, of finding our souls finding satisfaction, knowing the God who made us and loves us, of knowing the fullness of life that comes with being part of God's people. A couple of chapters later in chapter 7, uh, Jesus will say this, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So living water, the water of eternal life, of being in connection with God, is the Holy Spirit who gives eternal life. The Holy Spirit connects us to Jesus so that people might find life with God, so they might find connection and real life with him. This Samaritan woman is thirsty a failure with men rejected by women she's thirsty for love and jesus offers her life and this is a life did you notice that jesus says doesn't leave you thirsty this is a life that doesn't dry up it's a constant endless supply of life that doesn't dry up unlike so much of what we experience you, you think when you were watching the olympics and uh, you saw Kate and Bronte Campbell uh, with the swimming. Uh, Kate goes into the final of the 100 metres, a red-hot favourite. 
fastest qualifying times in the world this year and she comes seventh. And she gets out of the pool and she says, I know swimming doesn't define me as a person, but right now I'm really struggling with that. And it's true. Because if you're an elite athlete, you're defined by success. And how fragile and fickle is that? Yeah, you may not be an elite athlete, but the same thing happens with us. We, we, we set our heart on the promotion. We set our heart on that house for auction. We set our heart on a person. And when they disappoint, when they don't turn out like we expect, we're left floundering. All those things are just so fragile. We stake our lives on them, and yet they're fickle. Yet Jesus offers us a spring of fresh living water, a countless supply that does not stop that doesn't collapse under the weight of expectation. Now, what does that life look like? If Jesus is offering to meet our thirst for love, uh, what's that love going to look like? What's, what's the quality of Jesus' love? Or am I signing up for something that, you know, will just repeat the, the hurt and disappointment of what I've experienced previously? Well, John, who, who wrote this biography of Jesus, uh, would later sum it up like this. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Our hearts are thirsty, we want to find love, but love begins with God. We weren't looking for God's love. Not that we loved God, it says. We were opposed to God. We were living life without God, ignoring him, doing our own thing. That's what this verse called sin. I remember um, the first time I ever went abseiling. You ever, ever been abseiling? Um, you know, you jump off a cliff with a rope and hopefully end up down the other side. Um, You've you got to realise, I'm scared of heights. I hate heights. I'm feeling a little nervous up here. Um, and this first time I was going abseiling, uh, it wasn't just over a cliff, but it included a waterfall to go with it. Um, the good thing was that the person showing me uh, how to abseil was a friend of mine. He knew I was scared. He, he knows my hatred of heights. Uh, he wanted to keep me safe, uh, that I'd have the best experience possible. And I got over the edge and down the waterfall safely. But can you imagine if after that first successful abseil, I'd said to my friend, oh, I know what I'm doing here now. Um, why don't you just nick off and I'll take it from here. I would have put myself in danger. I would have put the people around me in danger. Even though this person had my best interests at heart, tell him to nick off like that. And we've all done the same thing with God. Even though he loves us and he has our best interests at heart, we've all said to him, God, we don't need you. I'll do this my way. 
Why don't you just nick off? And that's what the Bible calls sin. And yet the quality of Jesus' love for us is that he dies for those who are opposed to God. By his actions, Jesus says, here is love. This is the quality of this love. I die for you. I give my life for you. Ahmed was a 12-year-old Palestinian boy. Uh, One clear November morning, Ahmed was playing with his friends when he was shot by Israeli soldiers. When it became clear that he wasn't going to survive, Ahmed's parents decided to donate his organs for transplant. And who did his organs give life to? Six Israeli children. The very people who killed their son, people who were their enemies, they gave life to. God is so motivated by love that he gives life to his enemies. Even though we want nothing to do with God, we ignore him, we leave him out of the picture. God's quality of love shown in Jesus is that he would die for his enemies. Jesus meets our thirst for love and this is what the quality of that love looks like. That is what the Bible calls grace. God's overwhelming kindness to those who don't deserve it. It is that quality of love that Shana knows for herself. It's that quality of love that is taking her from the bay to Spain for the sake of those people from North Africa. This Samaritan woman is thirsty. Jesus offers her life, a fresh start, connection with God and life that is abundant and doesn't dry up. So how how does this woman get hold of this life? How can she get hold of it and, and grab it for herself? Well, have a look there at verse 19, please. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. The woman asked Jesus a question about God's stuff, about about worship. Did you notice, twice Jesus says, a time is coming. A time is coming and it's now come. The, the word there for time is the word hour. It's a phrase that keeps coming up in John's Gospel. The hour or the time is coming when Jesus is put to death. The hour is coming. So soon, Jesus says, worship will not centre around Jerusalem. It won't centre around Mount Gerizim where uh, the Samaritans worshipped. Both of those will be out of date. The time is coming. Worship will centre around Jesus, the Messiah who is put to death and who rises again. That is how people take hold of life. 
That is how people grab hold of this living water. And this thirsty woman, this woman who needs this living water, hears these lovely words from Jesus, doesn't she? I'm the one. I'm the one who's speaking to you. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you trust in for real abundant life. Jesus is saying, getting hold of this this living water, it's not about religion. It's not about where you worship, about the externals. It's about relationship. Come and find living water, find relationship in me, says Jesus. And this morning Jesus says the same thing to us. You who are thirsty, thirsty for love, Jesus says, Come, let me meet your thirst. If only you will put me first. Put me at the centre of your life. Jesus has shown the quality of his love for you. He gives his life for you. He wants to put things right between you and God. And so this morning he calls on you to trust him. That's the nature of relationship, isn't it? To trust someone. This morning, you might realise that you are thirsty. You might realise that Jesus is the living water you've been looking for. So can I urge you, come to him. Don't waste the opportunity. Jesus is the one who wants to set things right between you and God. If that's you this morning, uh, please come and talk to me over morning tea. Uh, Talk to Tim, somebody... Uh, you might have met up front. Or, you know, Tim was advertising uh, the life course uh, beginning next week. That would be a great opportunity to explore further. Uh, or maybe you just want to use the blue bookmark that you've got there. Let me finish by saying uh, something about being thirsty. See, for many of you uh, this morning, you have come to Jesus. You know this living water for yourself. You are trusting in him. And that's a great thing. But what do you do when thirst persists? Yes, you're trusting in Jesus, but you feel like a camel who hasn't had a drink for a week. And maybe you've got the breath to match. Life with God seems dry. Uh, Jesus seems more like a dripping tap than an abundant stream. What what do you do when you still feel thirsty like that? Well, let me um, suggest two big ideas. Uh, First big idea is stay thirsty and don't drink the wrong stuff. Uh, When when you're hot and you come in on on a summer's day and you go to the fridge and there's no water in there, You don't then go to the cupboard and get out a bottle of straight cordial and start drinking that, do you? It might be liquid, it might be sweet, but it doesn't satisfy. Sometimes life with Jesus uh, can feel a bit dry. uh, And when it's like that, we can be tempted to settle for something that might seem sweeter, but in the end, it doesn't satisfy. So... If you're heading down the path of having an affair, don't go there. It won't satisfy. If you're using up 
part of your salary on you know, your betting app on your phone, it won't satisfy. If you're looking to the, the house, the pool, the car, the dog, the kids, the, the suburban dream, it won't satisfy. There'll always be something else. Sometimes life with, with Jesus can feel a bit dry and, and at those points we can be tempted to settle for the stuff that might seem sweeter but in the end it doesn't satisfy your thirst. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. There will be an aspect of life this side of heaven where we will at times be thirsty but being thirsty is good because it reminds us of where we need to find living water. And it also reminds us of our future. At the end of the Bible it says, the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city and on each side of the river stood the tree of life. Our future is to see God face to face, to have access to the water of life as clear as crystal. If you're feeling thirsty now, don't lose sight of your future. Because one day you will see God face to face and you will drink of the living water forever. It'll make the cordial that we drink now seem such a waste of time. Second and last thing I just want to say about being thirsty is this passage points us to the worship of Jesus. Uh, One of the aspects of being Christian is our worship of Jesus is a daily thing. Uh, It was lovely to hear Shana talk about the way she has put who she is, the gifts that God has given her at God's disposal. And it's been an adventure and it's an adventure that takes her to the other side of the world. Now, that won't be all of us, but the principle is the same. To say, God, what have you given me? What is it that I need to put at your disposal? And that's a daily thing. We worship what we love and we love what we worship. Those two are intertwined. So keep putting Jesus at the centre of your worship. And don't let it get crowded out by all the other things. Keep making the decision daily to worship God through Jesus in the power of his spirit. My brothers and sisters, yes, we may be thirsty, but Jesus says, I am offering you the water of life. Let's pray. Our great God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he meets our thirst for love. Thank you that he met the thirst of this woman. Thank you that he deals with real people like us in real ways. Please help us to trust him. Please help us to keep looking to you to meet our thirst. Amen.